0: Welcome back to the Higher Gear CIO podcast series. I'm Kelly Kierens. Today we will continue the conversation with Walt Carter, Pat Rombeletti, and John Vineyard, with a focus on leaders, leadership systems, and the impact on culture.
1: Uh, you know, how do you how do you coach for that? How do you how do you get teams to to one align and and, and get in step with each other? And then, you know, be willing to be open to new ideas from outside the organization.
0: Yeah, great question, Walt. If if a leader doesn't have the humility to really want to improve themselves, then that's hard. I mean, you have to work to try to get them there. Some you can get there, some you can't. Some will never accept the fact that their activities aren't the best they can ever be. But for um, those of you listening, uh, Pat, performance is
1: excellence. Yeah. Uh, Pat, Pat is nodding vigorously for those yeah. of you listening to the podcast.
0: There, there's, an, there's an old axiom in the performance excellence world that when you think your performance excellence journey is over, you're right, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Because uh, one of my to mentors, I've had some phenomenal mentors in my life, but one of my mentors, Joe Anderson, who was a senior executive with the Air Force. Um, But Joe used to have a saying, he said, there's a tremendous proximity between excellence and dissatisfaction. And you see it in organizations. The number one characteristic of of high-performing organizations is they're tough on themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll take a a 90% result and just beat themselves up on why they aren't 94%. Uh, years ago, we did benchmarking between different organizations and very quickly, you'd find out why high performing organizations are high performing. They were, they were saying, yes, we are the best, but why aren't we better than we are? Low performing organizations would try to justify why it was an unfair comparison. And so you, very quickly, you'd figure out that high performing organizations are hard on themselves. It's the same way with individuals. I heard a story one time, I have no idea if it was true, but it certainly uh, proves the point. You know, Bill Russell was certainly one of the, the all-time great basketball players by anybody's scale. And I heard a story one time that after every game he would score his own performance. And here's a guy that was a world-class athlete, uh, uh, MVP many, many times, uh, championships, and they said the highest he ever scored a personal game was sixty-eight percent. Now, why so was he? Gonna, he there's a given the, gifts. The group that I, hard, not but he was tough ago. on himself. That
1: there's a group that I attended uh, some time back a training program, uh, and it was a it was a one percent study that uh, had been conducted of the the world's top one percent. Performers, individual performers, and most of them were salespeople, uh, and and the common denominator for this elite group of performers was very similar, John, to what you just said. They uh, when when uh, they were all asked, every survey participant was asked uh, to rate themselves on a on a scale of one to ten, and um, when they they looked at you know the the end of the study they found that all of the top one percent the most productive people in the survey all scored themselves very low and uh and and the people who were the least productive of the survey members the folks again they're all top producers right they're all Mm -hmm. high achievers that, that participated in this survey but the least productive ones scored themselves the highest and, uh, and said that, uh, you know, when, when you pull back that onion just a little bit, what you found out was the, the ones that scored themselves the highest were comparing themselves to others who were not top producers. The mm-hmm. ones that were the very top of the production pyramid were only comparing themselves to their potential, their own individual potential and they were always short of 100%, right? They were always short of their best. And so kind of like that Bill Russell story, right? They were, they were going, yeah, I could have done better, right? I could have done better if I'd have done these things. I know how to do those things, but I didn't do that, right? And, and just you know, that humility factor of knowing that I'm not all that in a bag of ch- chips, but probably more importantly was just the notion that mm-hmm. I'm not competing with the others. I'm only competing with myself. I'm only trying to drive myself, but but does that does that correlate then to team culture and team performance? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I guess let me pat. Let me ask you this question because I'm curious. You know, does what I just said does that does that resonate with your coaching experience with folks who are? You know, highly self-aware versus those who have a lot of blind spots. Let's just totally. say
2: it that way. Totally, and 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 as I was listening to you, this is my biggest beef with the performance, you know, appraisal systems that we have, right? Because the best companies are looking for people to come in and say, "I'm just not doing good enough," and the companies that are average or below are looking for people to come in and their in their own personal appraisal and say, "Well, I'm doing really well in this," and I'm doing, you know, there's almost like this perception that they have to be building themselves up to their manager um, it's sort of the game that's played with this whereas the best companies and I'm talking about the Googles of the world for example um, they're looking for that person to come in and say I've done really great but these are the areas I am just I'm low right and people are afraid to say that because of the ramifications of that and you know that their manager is going to be sitting there saying well I thought you're doing pretty good but if you think you're so bad I guess you're so bad right that's what happens so uh, that's a sidebar. But as I was listening to that, I see that happening. I I see it happen. Um, Definitely. I can tell you that, first of all, the folks, uh, many times the the, um, transition from people that I have coached while they were in search of a new role and those that immediately engage me once they land, those are the top 1% already. They're already been doing awesome and now they get in a new role and they're assuming they're going to need continued support and my program is a one-year program they want me there as quickly as possible so that they don't lose the momentum that they had they believe in what i talked about in the ted talk so they want to bulletproof themselves inside and outside the company and they're already super top performers and and they're the really great ones at the end of each of our coaching sessions their question is what haven't i asked what, what else do I need to know between now and my next, you know, they're always what, what, what more. Um, very different um, from, you know, there's, there's others that they're, they're average and they, they get through, they land, and then they're just going to go in and get right back into that same um, treadmill and that same grind and not be looking at how do I do something different so they have a different result next time.
1: So, so let's, let's drill into that a little bit. And John, this question is really uh, for you. It, it relates to, uh, you know, the, the good to great book, uh, you know, and Jim Collins, uh, level five leader was, you know, frankly, the person who had removed most of his or her ego and could really look at both the organizational needs and the individual needs of the folks on the team uh, with, with complete humility and, and, you know, and no, no real ego-driven uh, type of behaviors, right? Um, which which kind of lines up with what we just talked about. So, so John, in your experience, would you know particularly the, the teams that were able to successfully pull together and win the Baldridge Award? Would you say that that most of them had that you know hum- humility-driven leader, or uh, would you say that you saw more of the ego-driven
0: leaders in in those organizations. Walter's always a range, but I would say they certainly the range certainly is weighted toward leaders that try to get better. And uh, Pat and I were talking recently about you know there are natural-born leaders in the world. We've all met them and worked with them. And there's leaders that work hard on it. I was working with a large aerospace company, and the president was a natural-born leader. And what he did out of his gut was. Made made a lot of sense. The CEO, his boss, was not a natural born leader. He worked very hard at being at improving his leadership skills. Uh, so there are there are both, and we're going to get later in this series. We're going to get into talking about leadership systems, a defined systematic way to lead, which each organization needs to figure out for themselves. But um, uh, a leadership system can help a natural born leader be better. Um, One of the things natural born leaders have to do is realize that the rest of us are not natural born leaders. Um, A leadership system can help somebody who is not a natural born leader be a lot better. And um, it's uh, one of the things that frustrates natural born leaders is why doesn't everybody get this the same in the same way I do. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I wanna go back to something you said, Walt. I think leaders have to have humility. They have to have clear measures of not only the organizational performance, but their personal performance. And they have to have a passion for results in both areas. And and those are things that you just cannot substitute. You have to have humility, clear measures, and a passion for for results. Uh, When they're working with people, I, I have to tell a story based on something Pat just said. I took a job as a corporate executive um, reporting to the corporate CEO. I was in charge of manufacturing and quality. The second day on the job, I walked out of the CEO's office. I walked across the hall to my office. I shut the door. I called my wife and I said, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have come here. Here's the phrase that did it. The CEO told me, there is nobody that I fully trust, and I walked out and called my, call my wife and called my wife and said he's not trustworthy. Because if he was trustworthy, there would be people he trusts, and and so that goes back to the culture of the organization, and then you can see that lack of trust really permeate um, the organization, permeate the the meetings and the behaviors. Um, yes,
1: one of the things that I want to probe into later, uh, you know, and we, we may come back to that whole notion of trust, trustworthiness, uh, the speed of trust. Uh, another great book out there um, by by uh, Covey, uh, and it's just uh, it, it's profound. But I think we're at that point, uh, you know, where we want to make the the, the cross of the chasm here into. Not just leaders, but now, what is a leadership system? And John, you've used that phrase several okay. times. Uh, I have been a leader. Uh, you know, I've been a, a C-level executive now for more than ten years. I won't tell you how long, uh, of more than ten years, but it's been more than ten years. And uh, and and I've been in organizations where there was no leadership system when I got there, uh, and I I have kind of you know been stymied by that lack of leadership system. So I think I know what it means, but, but just to make sure that, that we're all speaking the same language, you know, Pat, as an executive coach, what is a leadership system to you? How would you define that?
2: Well, when I work again, when I work with my clients, I, I counsel them going in, in terms of what is their code of conduct how do they carry themselves? How do they behave regardless of the circumstances, right? So um, that's their own leadership system, personal leadership system. I don't compromise here. I don't criticize this way. You know, what, are, what is that code of conduct and behavior, irregardless of what's going on inside that organization, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I can also tell you that um, I, one of the things I when I'm coaching people that are in the interview process one of the mantras and it's I don't know who originated this I can't take credit for originating it but I sure repeat it often, which is how you do anything is how you do everything and I share that with them so that when they're interviewing and there's a disconnect between what they say the system and the values et cetera, are and the way they're being treated in the interview process that's a disconnect. And I say to them, I'm gonna guarantee you that the reason there's a disconnect is they haven't operationalized things. And so there's a, that's why HR is acting differently. This uh, group over here is acting differently. And you just met with three different departments and you saw three different operating systems in terms of how they're leading and how mm-hmm. they are um, carrying the, the, the weight of the, of the culture. Um, and just know that if you're having that in the interview process, the movie is not going to change when you land. It is going to be the same movie, right? Um, right. And so, you know, sometimes the, the person is at a stage in their journey that they need to make that decision and say, I get it, but I said, go in with your eyes open and, and see what you can do in your own fiefdom about operationalizing um, your leadership standards and operationally that co- operationalizing that code of conduct um, so acting as if so that people understand that's the way things are here, right? So it's, it's most of the time, unfortunately, I'm coaching them around the inadequacies that we, we know going in or that we see shortly afterwards um, and wouldn't have to be doing that if it was an organization that, um, as John, I think will explain, who's, who on a team level have really set up systems and then it's, it's cooked into everything that they do.
0: So John is that what you the hear? definition of a
1: So when, when you use the word leadership system John is that what you mean what she what she disagree? Yeah I'm going I'm going to read a little
0: bit of a definition but paraphrase it to my own words a leadership system is how leadership leadership is exercised both formally and informally throughout the organization it has structures and mechanisms so a leader knows what their responsibilities are Um, It is an effective way for a a leader to conduct a self-examination, receive feedback and improve. And uh, the leadership system of each organization is a little bit different, but there's some awfully uh, similar uh, uh, parts of it. Let me tell you uh, why it's important. It clearly sets the expectations for every leader in the organization. And a leader is defined as someone who leads one person or more at any level. It helps you screen, interview, hire potential leaders. It helps you evaluate potential leader, current leaders, promote them uh, and develop your current and future leaders. It's it's the foundation for how we lead in an organization. Let me just go through, um, to walk through some notes I, I have, but uh, it's a documented process and what we would like uh, Kelly to do after this session is we can have her send out some examples. There's a few pages out of one of my books we can send them and send out some examples of what leadership systems that others have organization or other organizations have uh, developed. But a leadership system has got the foundation of your beliefs, your vision, mission, values, behaviors. It has uh, usually something you must come in the door with. Okay, if you don't come in the door with an ability to listen, the ability to act as a role model and the ability to communicate, we shouldn't have hired you in the first place and you sure shouldn't be a leader here. So these are table stakes, okay? It should show what a leader must achieve and it should show behaviors a leader can't delegate. And I'll use a silly example um, that if I'm a leader, I can't say to you, you know, Sally, did a really good job over there. Would you go recognize her and motivate her for me? I can't do that. I can't delegate that. And most leadership systems are behaviors no leader can delegate at any level. If I'm the janitor, I can't say, okay, you mop this hall, you mop that hall, I'll be asleep over here. I can't do that. I'm a role model for those two people. So a leadership system is, is a systematic process flow. It's got steps, it's got connectors between the steps but it talks about the stakeholders you serve, what a leader must achieve, behaviors you can't delegate, and your foundational issues of your vision, mission, values, behaviors, and the skills that you you have to come in the the door with. So a leadership system is very helpful. I've seen organizations where they'll take their leadership system and put it on everyone's desktop. And if you walk in my office and we're gonna talk about something, I say, okay, now what box are we in in this conversation? Because if it's not something on this leadership system, I shouldn't be talking about it today. And so it's a systematic process flow and we'll go through a number of examples and we can go through them. But uh, it really helps organizations crystallize what we expect of our leaders. And at that point, think about the doors that opens up. It opens up the ability to screen people, not as to what their past experience has been. Do they fit our leadership uh, style? It helps people like Pat say, let's evaluate how you're doing on these things and let's try to strengthen the things you need to be good at in this organization. It helps us uh, develop our training for leaders It helps us develop our evaluation of leaders. So um, one of the metaphors I use, I said being a leader is like sticking your hand in a bucket of water. You can splash water out, you can, you can make waves, but when you pull your hand out you were never there and we've all seen leaders that retired on friday and monday morning they were never there mm-hmm. That's well, true. The system puts cement to, when you pull your hand out nothing changes the cement doesn't change
1: well and yet when you when you're dealing with people people are are almost always dynamic right they're they're not the same yesterday as they were ever right i mean it just There's so much of life that accumulates. And and so you're always dealing with something new. That person that you've been working with for a long time, Uh, you know, and so, you know, a couple of things that you said there, it, you know, it almost sounds like it's really, really structured, uh, you know, and, and that a leadership system is something that, you know, binds you as a leader, as opposed to something that liberates you. As a leader. And I, I want to contrast that with, you know, kind of my, again, my background. Uh, for those of you that, that are listening that don't know me, I was raised in a military family uh, by a career uh, airman. Uh, my dad retired from the US Air Force as a master sergeant. Uh, my only programming from age two to 17 was to become an Air Force officer, which I did upon graduation from college. Uh, And our model in the military was you should be able to take any officer that's trained in our leadership system in the military and drop them into any unit and have them cover the basics according to the regulations and lead that group effectively. And, uh, and, and, and And yet, you have some officers who have a predilection toward, I'm here to accomplish the mission. And that's the only thing I care about. Uh, and the people are expendable. You have other officers who gravitate more to the other side that say, I'm only here to take care of these people who have been abused by that rat bastard that was here before, right? That, that exploited them all for the, the accomplishment of the mission. So now they've, they've rung out and they're, 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 they really need somebody to love them up, right? and and i always came in looking at it you know going well no it's actually the same i can't do the mission without the people and and if i don't have you know the 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 people i don't i don't have any mission either right mm-hmm. and so I, I need to make sure that i kind of hold this thing all together and keep it as level as i can most of the time every once in a while i put more emphasis on the mission side and knowing that if i sustain that for too long the people roll off cuz they feel exploited And at the same time, if I put too much attention on the people, even the best people will take advantage of that if you sustain that for too long, and pretty soon the mission falls off and you can't get your your work done with your group of folks. So to me, the leadership thing has always been about maintaining that balance and knowing when to to lever one side or the other. uh, And and then at the same time, closing the gaps of communication between all of the the different parts of your team and make sure everybody's aligned and to make sure that we have absolute clarity around what we're here together to accomplish and why we need to stop doing this stuff that doesn't add to that, right? And so when, when I think about, you know, the military's leadership system that I grew up in, and, and frankly, what I try as a leader to instill in the groups that I've been in charge of over the years since I left the military, it's that same liberation of the leadership system mm-hmm. Right? It's, that, it's that ability for me to be me. I, I'm not defined by the leadership system. I'm really defined by my character. Uh, and so what I want to do is I want to leverage that leadership system to get to you know, a common understanding quickly. Uh, and, and I think we're, we're at about at that point where we start jumping from leadership systems into culture.
0: Thank you for joining us today for the second part of our conversation. Please tune back in to the Higher Gear CIO podcast series for more of the conversation focused on the culture part of leaders, leadership systems, and the impact on culture.